Tony Soto Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Tony Soto Show, take two. That's right. This is the second attempt because I forgot to unmute myself in the first attempt. Y'all, I've been gone for three weeks. Um, uh, hello, welcome to the Tony Soto Show. I am Tony Soto. Remember that you can watch me on YouTube on the Tony Soto Show's YouTube page at the Tony Soto Show. And you know what? Give a bitch a follow on the social medias, the Tony Soto Show on Instagram, on uh, TikTok, and Tony Soto Productions on Instagram as well. My goodness gracious, I have been gone for three weeks so sorry i'm so sorry to all my listeners i'm sure you've all abandoned me by now uh which i get i get Uh, i've not been consistent for the past three weeks but i've been in the throes of becoming a pageant queen um you know the drag queen of the year pageant uh i did not realize um how stressful i mean i don't do anything y'all like truthfully outside of like the performance i don't do anything i didn't realize how stressful everything was going to be um when you don't do anything because you know what you're just waiting on people that's what you're doing you're just spending time waiting on people to get things done so it was stressful and quite frankly i could not be dealing with the pod as well you know it's um recently former uh Uh, co-host of the Tony Soto show, uh, Maxuela Espositana, um, was, told me that she was listening to old episodes of the Tony Soto show. And I was like, ooh, why? Uh, no one wants to go back and re-listen to this mess. But he told me how we were talking about crowdfunding and I got on my soapbox about do not crowdfund for pageants. Uh, you know, that was before I was a pageant queen. (laughs) (laughs) life is about evolving all right life is about evolving life is about changing your mind and uh, look and also that was a different time crowdsourcing was relatively new i want to say i mean it it probably wasn't so like i don't think we all realized that we would be abandoned by the leaders of our country and left at our own devices you know so we have to crowdfund for everything but i guess i was like don't crowdfund for pageants i take it back y'all take it back you need your community for shit like that i was wrong i'm gonna say it we're gonna start this tony soto show after three weeks of not being on here with me saying i was wrong that crowdfunding for pageants is a way for your community to show you that they appreciate what you do and i felt it y'all i felt it so spoiler alert I did not win the Drag Queen of the Year pageant. No, 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 I did not. Uh, That goes to the winner, Miss Nikki Jizz. So I want everyone to give a shout out to Nikki Jizz. Um, She was great. Listen, all the competitors were amazing. So great. And it was a strong show. And I'm grateful for Lola. And I'm grateful for Alaska for giving me an opportunity. Um to showcase, you know, what I got to do. And because, you know, I've changed my mind on the whole crowdfunding thing and I, I have, I've now experienced community at its best within the, within that whole realm, especially with pageants. I got to give a shout out to Meatball, you know, that drag queen from Sloppy Seconds and, you know, um, 
risking heart attack, life and limb on stage for your enjoyment. Meatball uh, designed and created two of my looks. And honestly, truthfully, I know that y'all love to hate her, but truthfully, she's not that bad. Um, she's not that bad. I have to give a shout out to Michael Brambilla. Uh, Michael Brambilla made my evening wear look and he is just phenomenal. And I'm so glad that he's in my life and he makes me such beautiful clothes. And I um, adore him. I got to give it up for Fina Barbital, who uh, uh, reset uh, some of my hats. And Alexis Bevels, who reset some of my hats. I have to give it up for Casey Lai, my co-host of uh, uh, Gay Power Half Hour, because he um, helped me create my talent script. I got to give it up for the House of Light. Uh we had uh, Raikou and uh, Maxima and Danny from the House of Light from Legendary Season 3, who are my backup dancers. Um, Y'all, it takes a village, especially when you are as useless as I am. It takes a village. I got to give it up for Indica Trust. Indica Trust for uh, assisting me um, behind stage and getting me dressed and uh, dealing with my big old sweaty body. I mean, look. That was quite an experience. Everyone on the crew at the Matsupan Theater were so great. Like everyone involved with the the uh, docu series was so great. Like I'm very excited. You're going to be able to see everything that happened on Out TV at some point. Um, I believe you can still stream it for up for a month if you go to Alaska's Instagram page and I think it's Momento or look. I'm not going to pretend like I know what's happening. All I know is I didn't win. I didn't win, and I should have won. No, I, I feel like, um, you know, I got top three, uh, and I won uh, one of the categories, which was presentation. So, you know, I, I, I have no complaints about this experience. I don't think I'll ever do it again. I don't think that I'll ever do another pageant. I mean... I can't deal with the stress of waiting on people to get things done. I can't. Oh, my God. I got to thank uh, 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 Brendan Brown uh, for stoning my stuff. Um, uh, oh, a a Amp Jewelry uh, for uh, some jewelry. There's just a lot of people I have to thank, and I'm going to leave somebody out. That's why it's always just a blanket thank you. But, um, you know, I... I felt so seen by the audience uh, uh, at the at the uh, uh, competition, and um, there was a moment after my talent where the entire theater chanted my name. Which, look, if you can't win a competition, get the robbed narrative. You know what I mean? That helps. It helps when people come up to you and tell you you are robbed. You are robbed, and. Um, I don't know how scoring works. I don't I don't know. I mean, I saw a lot of stone judges, that's for sure. I don't know who was passing out the ketamine, but everyone seemed very tired. Uh, I'm sure it was just edibles. A lot of these people from out of town don't understand medicinal marijuana. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things where you're like, well, I'd like to see the scoring sheet. Like, let me see it. Let me see it. Like, like what did I get? What did I get? Um, but anyway... I'm just grateful to be able to show 
not only my city of Los Angeles, um, who are very supportive of me, um, but also show the world that you don't have to do all, you don't have to be a twirler to, to be a pageant gal. I gave what I knew, which is comedy. You know, that's what I, I gave the audience. Um, and they were so receptive. Listen, world, listeners, everybody, this planet is going to shit. All right? There's no question. We see it every day. And what I'm about to talk about, if anyone from the pageant listens to this show, I don't want anyone to take this as a critique because I don't want to question anybody's art or anything like that. But we all know that the world is falling apart. We are aware of this. When you are at a gay pageant and you are assuming that the audience that, that is with you uh, is like-minded folks. You think that maybe the people who are downloading the live stream are like-minded folks. Um, Jesus Christ, where's that ash tree? Um, I was not prepared. I decided to do this podcast earlier so I could literally play Fortnite for the rest of the day. Um, <laughs> I've been playing video games in forever and I just wanted to have a day. But look, if you're at a pageant, if you're watching a pageant, overall, you're thinking we're all like-minded allies and friends. You know, sure, there's the occasional hater, protester, whatever, whatever, that that, that is against what we're doing. But overall, if you're at a pageant, let's say that you're with the pageant and that you enjoy it and that you want to be there that you want to be there. Can drag be fun again? Can we be fun again? Can we be the bringers of fun? Look, that fucking game show has made us very visible to the outside world of haters. That game show has uh, normalized drag to an audience that doesn't deserve to know drag in my opinion in my opinion so i hate the game show for that because if they were allies why is it one of the most toxic fan bases known to man this game show's fan base right because it's easy to have opinions and critiques uh about uh homosexuals and it's fun to do it if you're a fucking 13 year old straight girl <laughs> anyway i digress anyway um, drag was in bars to lift queer people up because of whatever life was throwing at them. You knew that you could go to a gay bar, you could laugh at a drag show and have a good time. Can we laugh again? Like, I get it. People are protesting drag queen story hours. People are banning drag in neighborhoods and whatnot. Instead of focusing that on the drag narrative, which is what we want to do, like, oh, poor drag queen. 
that is an attack on trans people. All that drag stuff that's happening, all these protests, it overall is an attack on trans people. It has nothing to do with drag, truthfully. I think it's they're using drag as a catalyst to be like, look at this. That could be happening in bathrooms across the country or whatever. So when we are celebrating ourselves in theoretically what is like my, look, you're always going to have someone who doesn't like you watching it. You know what I mean? We remember Zoom meetings. I mean, I especially remember before we really got learn the words, bitch, on lock that, uh, that uh, people would crash Zoom meetings, haters would crash. And I'm sure that people, there were, there were haters that were watching the pageant. But we have to think that that was a night of joy and celebration to showcase talent. Why does every drag artist have to be political? Why does every number have to have something about something about something? Why are we always trying to open up the eyes of our own community? I mean, granted, there are times when the, when the, the, the call is coming in front inside the house. Um, but when you're, when you're, when you're trying to give a political message in a drag number to a bunch of like-minded people, all you're getting is applause and who are you really reaching? I don't know. I'm thinking in general, I'm thinking, I know that this went, uh, panned out worldwide, but like, I went into the pageant of the year, uh, uh, competition knowing that. I did not want to be preachy. I wanted to be funny. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know why everyone's numbers were so good. Everyone's performances were so good. But there was just moments where like uh it seemed like we were trying to to get um Trying to get people who are already on board, I don't know, to think about politics. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the point is. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the point is. Um, I, I remember a day back in the day when drag numbers were just fun exhilarating dance breaks, crazy spectacles. You know, I don't know that every performance needs to have a goddamned message. Sometimes the queer community is out for a night of entertainment. You know, the roots of drag. Sometimes people go to a gay bar to see a drag queen just to be lifted up not to be preached at, not to be told about ourselves. And I think that there was just some telling ourselves about ourselves. We know the drag ban is bad. We know that, that, uh, that, that the, uh, the, the, the things are, are, are uh, more difficult out there for let's say drag kings and drag queens. We know that AFAB performers have a bigger struggle to be seen and not always accepted. We know all this, we know all this. So show us something fun, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I, I just, I, you know, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm wondering about certain things because, especially in the drag community, 
the, the big thing is like, you know, is, is hustling for work and trying to get booked. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, people don't book drag kings. People don't book AFAB uh, performers. You know, people only um, uh, book cisgender drag queens. Well, that's not true. Like, my career has been around, surrounded by trans women forever. But, but, but um, what it hasn't been around, and this is just the truth, and I, I know that in today's society, we all want to hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get to acceptance, get to, get to the finale, make sure that we're like, get to tolerance. Everyone, everyone like get there fast. We want that internet speed. We want that spectrum service for everything. And look, takes a while because the human animal is a stupid animal. It takes the human animal a while for change. So, like when it comes to AFAB performers, I mean, that was that was burlesque. That was burlesque for years, you know? And then I don't remember, and I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I was only a drag artist in Chicago and in LA. But when I was coming up in a drag artist, I don't remember seeing a lot of AFAB performers. I don't know that uh, cis-born females were hanging out back, backstage in the drag scene doing shows when I was coming up. Now that was the 2000s, early 2000s, I don't know. And the level of kings in those days was like, mm, you know, it was like lesbians who wore jeans and white t-shirts and drew mustaches on their face. And that was it. And that was the level of kings. And they were very culty. Like, they hung out with themselves. They threw their own parties. They did their own things. They did their own fundraisers. And I'm not saying there needs to be that divide. And truthfully, kings, in my opinion, are stepping it the fuck up. They're understanding camp. They're understanding that it can't just be a t-shirt and jeans and fucking uh, a drawn-on mustache. They understand that they have to go. But what the kings have to understand is that you gotta god i don't want to be like earn your place because that's not right but you got to show that your caliber of drag can be just as entertaining as a drag queen's and that's not always true but that's the same for every artist there's a lot of drag queens out there who uh probably shouldn't be doing drag you know the kind of girls who will just focus on stunts and like accomplishing their stunts and let's say, oh, don't learn the words to their songs. You know what I mean? Or the ones who might know their songs, but they don't fucking know how to sell it. We all have issues when it comes to art. But I just don't understand drag artists who are like, the seat at the table should already be there for me. Why? First of all, no one is pushing the chair in and saying you can't sit there. 
You know what I mean? And if they are, why are you, why do you fucking care? Like, that's the whole thing. Like, I don't understand why anyone has to be like, I belong here. Of course you do. And anyone who's telling you that you don't belong there is an idiot. And why are you listening to them? And obviously you're not listening to them because you're still performing. So I don't, I just don't. The place at the table is not there to just be given. I mean, you gotta, you gotta show that you're, that you are a performer. You don't get a spot. You don't get a spot at the table just because you're a drag queen. You don't get a spot at the table just because you're an AFAB performer. You don't get a spot at the table just because you're a king. That's not how drag works, in my opinion. You get a spot at the table if you bring entertainment. Entertainment, not knowledge, not a lesson. Entertainment. I don't need you to be preachy. Like, that's the one thing that is so hard to watch when it comes to certain drag performers is like you're watching a drag performer do a number about how shitty it is that they're not accepted or able to do drag numbers in in bars. And I'm like, where are you right now? A bar? You're at a bar. You're at a bar performing for people. It's a hustle regardless. The game show has made it hard for every local drag artist these days to have a place. So you have to be a standout. You have to be, you have to showcase your talent. I just, I, I what, what I saw at this pageant were <clears throat> seven amazing drag artists who have voices that are entertaining. And that's what I want to see him do. I don't want to see him teach me a lesson. And I know that, that, that that's very like shut up and play type mentality. But I, I feel like a lot of those lessons that they're trying to teach are falling on um, ears of people who are like, yeah, we get it. I could be wrong. This could be all my privilege for sure. Like I'm not, I'm not doubting it that this could all be my fucking privilege and I'm very fortunate, but I don't think that I fucking had an easy go of it because I've never classified myself as a twirling drag artist. You know, I've always been an MC and listen, people have their shows, you know, like if, if a host has a show, that's their show. So I, it's not like I can just go in and like sub host all these shows, you know? So it's like, I would much rather do that than, than have to go to these other shows and twirl, but I fucking do it. And the thing is, is I also don't do it. It's not like people are begging me to come and perform to do a fucking lip sync at their fucking shows. I mean, there are some drag artists that hang their fucking shows over my head being like, oh, I got to book you for my show and then never do. I don't know which is better. <laughs> I don't know which is better. But what I do know is that I said I would never do a pageant ever. And then I did. And I'm happy that I did. And I left there knowing that everything that I showed to the audience live that night and whoever was tuning in on the internet, that all of that is authentically Tony Soto's drag. 
I'm not trying to change your mind on political issues. I'm not trying to fucking um, change the world with one shablam at a time. I'm trying to make you laugh and enjoy your life and give you a little bit of escapism. That's what entertainment is, especially drag entertainment. A little bit of escapism. Let's save our fucking, let's save our lessons for when we have to go and protest city halls and shit because of laws they're trying to make. But let's embrace some fucking escapism when we can. I had such a good time. I had such a good time showcasing what I can do. And the amount of people that came up to me afterwards and like, girl, you're so funny. You made me laugh so much. I, I love what you do. Your drag is so good. You were robbed. When they start saying shit like that, <laughs> then that's what, I'm, that's, that's what I'm doing it for. I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm like, I was, I was uh, <clears throat> doing a final interview and someone said that um, I'm just trying to always, uh, uh, I'm always trying to, what did they say? Like, like teach my community or, 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 or something about like changing the minds of my community. It's like, or challenging the community. That's what it was. Oh, I, I always want to challenge the community. It comes off very combative. You know what I mean? And I, I, it's like, it's like, I understand challenge the community, but I'm, I just, you're reading the comments. If you're coming up and saying to me, I don't have a place here in the drag community. Like, I don't know any drag artists who are saying, God, I hate it if the fucking king is on the show. Oh, I hate it whenever there's a trans girl or, oh, I hate it whenever there's a, a assigned female at birth performer. I don't hear drag artists say that. I see that in the comments. So stop reading the comments. Like, and what you're reading in the comments isn't the full truth of what is happening to an audience that is watching you live. So if you have a bone to pick with a commenter who's saying that your expression of drag doesn't belong, then reply to that comment because that's where it is. Don't come to a drag show and try to create An overwhelming problem that, the, that, that isn't there that I don't see. And, and if and the thing is, is if I don't see it and you see it, let me know who these fucking people are because then I want to start calling out these drag artists that, that say shit like this. That's like, oh, I don't want any kings. I don't want any eight bat performers. I want drag. I don't care what's under your clothes. I don't care what you look like naked. I want drag. And listen, if you're coming to my show, king, AFAB performer, queen, whatever, I don't give a shit. If you come to my show and you're bad, 
and you're not good because your fucking numbers suck or you don't know your fucking words or whatever or you're sloppy or you're in there in a pair of fucking uh, uh, kid tennis shoes because you haven't gotten heels yet. Like, if that's... Then it has nothing to do with what's underneath your clothes. And, and the thing is, is I feel like a lot of people who aren't the strongest drag artists who get, like, shade because of that want to spin it and be like, oh, well, it's because of what I look like naked. Mm-mm. Sometimes you're just a bad drag artist. And if you're a good fucking drag artist and you're still reading these fucking comments and you're letting it get to your head, there's nothing anyone can tell you to do but to shut it off. But here's my, here's the only thing I want to say. And I mean this sincerely. As someone who has been doing drag for as long as I have, for someone who prides himself on the community and the shows that I do and the community that I bring, if there are drag hosts or drag show or show producers that are out there and are verbalizing and saying, I don't want this specific person, I don't want this, then let me know because I will call that shit out. Because that's unacceptable. I mean, look, we got rid of Tranica. Last time I heard that bitch is fucking selling real estate in Florida. We know how fucking Florida is a shithole. So the thing is, is like change can be made if this is truly an issue. Like let people know. Don't just make it idle gossip. Don't just make it, well, that bitch doesn't book kings or that bitch doesn't. Like don't make it that. Don't make it that. Because that's passive aggressive. You know what I mean? But like let's fix it in so that way we can bring fun back to drag because the thing is is if it has to be political every fucking time if you have to teach a lesson with every number if it can't just be something fun and silly if you have to teach a lesson every time we are at a shortage of teachers around this country so maybe we need a career change because sometimes drag is just fun supposed to be in my opinion I don't know. I'm just a runner-up. I'm just the first runner-up of a drag competition. That's all. No big deal. I'm I'm just the queen who's got the robbed edit. No big deal. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sure at some point I'm going to say something to piss somebody off that did that fucking show. But we'll see. Look, I had a great experience. I had a really, really good experience. And honestly, I really enjoyed every contestant who did it and who did that pageant. I just am always so weirded out about the direction that this career move went. <laughs> Only because I feel like we opened up drag to an undeserving audience. And now we are, and that is the drag race audience, by the way, just to be clear. Um, and now because all these little toxic teenagers are out here saying all this kind of shit, all these fucking drag artists are getting in their head about it. Fuck these kids. Fuck 
drag race fans of any sexual orientation, gender expression. Fuck them. Because even the gay ones that go and watch every week at the bars, fuck you too. Because you only on Halloween drag queen motherfuckers with your goddamn opinions about fucking drag. Save it. Doesn't matter. You don't do it. You watch it. It's different. And what you're watching is produced and stupid. So stop it. I'm so tired. Like, in one of the interviews, I'm going a little long. In one of the interviews I was doing, someone was like, I just, like, oh, would there be any king representation on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race? I said, if they got loud enough, if they got loud enough, if they got mad enough. I mean, it took RuPaul forever to fucking uh, put trans people on his fucking show but if you're loud enough it might happen because here's the thing RuPaul Charles don't give a fuck about you don't give a fuck about you gives a fuck about money gives a real fuck about money so is there money in kings that's the question that's what we have to see you know there's definitely money in trans women trans women have been fucking carrying the drag career for fucking decades We have to stop making RuPaul Charles and that fucking shit show drag race the end all be all of drag. We got to stop. It's so fucking stupid. It's so stupid that that is the end all be all. You've seen some of those fucking trashy queens they fucking put through that show that weren't good. Serena Cha-Cha! When was she ever good? At any given point, on her first season, on her comeback season, any good, ever, no. Like, what a stupid fucking game show. Anyway, oh my gosh, y'all, I'm back, I'm back. I did not plan anything for this show. I'm doing it very early, so I'm sorry if it doesn't make any sense, but I am back. It is good to be back. I wanna thank everyone once again. Um, who um, really supported me and helped me in this whole uh, pageant process. You are seen, I love you, and I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, so uh, stay tuned for more of me next week. Until then, goodbye.